Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Art, for sharing. Sometimes we just need a, sometimes we need friends. We need reminders that God is for us, that we're not alone, and that he's, he's there. Um, so I'm thankful that God can use everything to call all of us back to himself. Anybody else? Well, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 54, the second half. I think through the two testimonies, God has confirmed the message for today. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 54. I'm just going to read the second half. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, our beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Okay, let's pray. Father, we're gathered here as seekers of truth, as children of God. And we are uh, on the spectrum all over the map. And Lord, we just ask in this moment you would meet us where we are, that you would pull us a step closer to you, that your kingdom and your victory would swallow up the death and the, and the, and the uh, attacks and our sins. I pray that you would, you would do a mighty work in this time. And we want to pray to you. We want to meet you. We want to experience you before we leave this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We just celebrated uh, the resurrection, which we do on every Sunday, but it's a special time of the year that we remembered, especially last Sunday. Um, but oddly, if, if you think about the first resurrection in Matthew chapter 28, there's an odd verse that Jesus is meeting. You know, he's met the, the 11 uh, apostles, disciples. He's met hundreds of other followers of Jesus. He's done this for 40 days. Uh, but there's an odd verse in verse 17 uh, that, that to the 11 who are meeting him privately on a mountain top in Galilee, it says they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And you might have had a, um, a great Sunday or an average Sunday last week, uh, but, but this week, as you lived your life in, this, uh, in Satan's world, uh, in this kingdom where we, are, uh, we have a new citizenship, but, but we're still uh, in, this, in this world, you might have had a week where you, you, you saw Jesus or you didn't see him. You worshiped Jesus, maybe you didn't worship so much. Maybe you had a lot of faith, maybe you had some doubt. And it's, isn't it an odd thing that we think if we were there in the Bible, biblical times, if we saw Jesus physically uh, and we, we witnessed the first resurrection, don't you think we would be, we would assume there would be no doubt? And yet there's doubt. And for all of us, um, I don't know where you are, but could, could it be that some of us here have some doubts? Like Sister Sarah, I've been asking the Lord, teach me about the resurrection. It says in Philippians 3, verse 10, that I may know Jesus, know him and the power of his resurrection. 
I just I don't want to just know the resurrection. I want to experience the power of the resurrection. I want to know what that is. I want to see it in my life. Uh, and so I've been asking the Lord, show it to me. Uh, Ephesians um, chapter 1 also speaks of this power. It says in verse 19, And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might and that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And you might be saying amen to these verses. I have, I understand this power. I am experiencing this, this power. Or you may be saying, I have no idea what this is. I understand in my head of resurrection. I don't see it in my life. I, I understand that I should have faith in Jesus, absolute trust in him. And yet, why do I struggle with doubts? If that's you, um, then, uh, if that's you this morning, then God has a word for you. First Corinthians 15 is one of the famous chapters about the resurrection. And the verses that we read start with a declaration that death has been swallowed up in victory. And this is a quotation from Psalm, I believe, 44. Um, and it says, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? And I've been uh, uh, reading, uh, God gave me a different passage which kind of gives me more understanding about what's happened at the resurrection in Revelation chapter 20. So you can turn there with me. Revelation 20 verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. From his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were open. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged by what was written in the books, according to what they had done. And the sea gave up to the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Did you catch the fact that death was capitalized? That Hades is capitalized. It is more than, like we just think death is just a neutral uh, termination of your physical life. It is just a, uh, um, a, um, a non-living thing. And yet here we see death has a personality. It has a spirit behind it. Death is actually a spirit. Uh, and it wants to claim all of us. Death is a spirit that wants to claim all of us. Satan's, this is probably one of Satan's generals. It's a capital D death that wants to claim all of us. Capital H, Hades, is likewise a spirit. We think this is just a place of the dead. This is just a, the, the temporary place where we go before, uh, before Jesus establishes a new heaven and a new earth. And yet there's a spirit. And these two spirits like to travel together. 
I think spirits, uh, there are groupings of spirit. There is death, which likes Hades, and these come together. And when death is working with Hades, it brings more and more people into, a, into an eternity apart from God. And what Jesus did at Calvary when he rose from the dead is described in Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. And you who are dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. We don't understand the fullness of what exactly happened uh, when Jesus rose, but one of the things that it says is that the, the spirit of D, capital D, death, and the spirit of H, capital H, Hades, they were disarmed. Which means they may try to come for you, but if you know your position in Christ, if you know the power that, and authority that you have in Christ, they cannot have you. Going back to 1 Corinthians 15, our main text. Verse 56, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. And so we understand just through these verses that this cosmic victory was won on our behalf. But how do you access it? Um, that's what I've been struggling with this week. Um, the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And the first thing I want to say to you today is if you are feeling discouraged, because it says there that the work of the Lord and then it uses a different work. Your labor is not in vain. There are works that the Lord has given to all of us. Uh, if you are a husband, it is to sacrifice for your wife. If, it's your, if you're a wife, it is to, uh, to respect your husband. If, if you're a child, it is to honor your parents. If, it, if you're parents, it is to, especially the husbands and the fathers, to raise them in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. If it's, if it's your work, it is to, to be excellent in your work, to, as it, not because you want to please men, not because you want a promotion, but because you want to uh, give glory and honor to God. Um, and so all the works that, that we have that God has given to us, um, it, is, it is an assignment, you could say. It is a task. We must do it faithfully. But the, the second word that it gives is the labor. Uh, your labor is not in vain. And the word for labor is, it has a different connotation. It is, it is trouble. It is difficulty, it is burdensome, it is toilsome, it is tiring, it is, it is uh, leading to fatigue. And if I were to characterize what is Satan doing in our world today, he is working overtime to, to divide, 
to confuse, and he is, he is trying to distract us from the work of the Lord, and he is, he is just piling on this sense of labor. You're trying to do it, but you can't do it. You, you have some faith, but there's some doubt. This, this mixture of a person that we are, uh, where we, we understand the work, we understand the truth, but yet why does it feel so burdensome, so much labor, and, and after a while it is so draining, it is so defeating, it, it, is, it is pulling us away from God. So the first thing I want to say to you is, if that is you today, that you understand, I want to have faith, and yet there's doubt. I want to be faithful to the work of the Lord, but yet it feels like labor. I want to, have, I want to be faithful, and yet I feel like my energy is on the decline. I want to be focused and sold out and committed and on fire, and yet my fire for the Lord is growing cold. If this is you, the first thing I want to say to you is don't give up. Don't give up. The whole point of this chapter is in light of the resurrection. You may not understand it fully, but in the midst of you on God revealing it to you and unraveling it for you and teaching it to you, do not give up. It says, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work. Satan is trying to move you. Satan is trying to topple you. Satan is trying to, to pull you away and pull you down. My encouragement to you is just don't give up. And, and you may not have full resurrection power and faith in this moment. You may have some doubt. You may feel some fatigue. You may feel some depression. Don't give up. How do we know that, that Satan is at work in a life of a believer? or that the spirit of death is at work in the life of a believer, or the spirit of Hades is in the life working, working in the life of a believer, is you just feel, no matter how much you understand in your head, there's just a, just a depression, a fatigue, a lethargy uh, that just kind of sets in. And, so, and you want to you wanna wake up early in the morning, but you just can't. You, you want to start out your day right, but you just, you're stumbling into your day. You, you, want, you have all this work. You want to be faithful. You want to be diligent. And yet you just feel, sometimes you just don't feel like it. Uh, I think there are many students these days. They just don't feel like studying. Like, what's the point? And isn't, isn't that Satan's deception? Yeah, what is the point? There is no God. There's no eternal life. There's no purpose. There, there's nothing great in this life. Just, just waste your life away on, on whatever addiction that you think you need to just numb away the pain. Satan wants to move you. Satan wants to defeat you. Satan wants you to pull away and, and let go of Jesus. That is, that's how you know that death, Hades, and Satan himself is at work. So... Me just saying, don't give up, does that actually help? Like, what do you need to do next? Uh, me saying, just be steadfast. Can you, tomorrow says, okay, I'm going to be steadfast. Can you do it? For you to say, well, I'm, I'm not going to let Satan move me. Death, Hades, you can't move me. And so tomorrow I'm going to be steadfast. I'm going to be immovable. Does that work? Just, 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 just thinking it and just willing it and hoping for it. There needs to be something more specific that the Lord has to give to us. There are no copyrights in the kingdom of God. And so I'm going to steal from Pastor Brian. Pastor Brian's, uh, one of his favorite phrases, um, um, 
is surrender plus repentance equals restoration. And I kind of understand all three words. I, don't under, I didn't quite understand how it all tied together, why it's so important, why he says it almost every message. And so uh, I think this week God began giving a little bit more understanding of why that's so true. The first thing that we do as believers living in a fallen world uh, with a fallen body, with a sin nature, a flesh that is constantly fighting against our spirit and the Holy Spirit and Jesus and the things of God. This clash of the kingdoms, either, either as Sister Sarah said, either death is swallowed up in victory, either life overcomes it, either the kingdom of God overcomes the kingdom of, of this world, or Satan's kingdom, death, will swallow us up. It's, it's a clash of kingdoms. And so the first thing we do is we understand that we are here in this world, and so we have to learn how to fight spiritually, a spiritual battle on our knees. And so in Romans chapter 6, I think, is one of the key passages to give us the first, uh, our first step in this spiritual battle. Romans chapter 6, verse 12. Do not sin, therefore, uh, do not sin, therefore, reign, uh, do not do not let sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. So the first step uh, for a believer who wants to experience the victory, death being swallowed up in victory, life swallowing up victory, the victory of Jesus, being in Jesus, that swallowing up all the attacks of Satan, our sin and the flesh, the first step is surrender. And you have a choice each day. Will you just go through your life and live in your flesh and not think about God until maybe at the end of the day when you've already gone through your day, you've already presented your body uh, to your flesh and done whatever you want. You looked at whatever you want. You listened to whatever you want. You did whatever you want. You went wherever you want. Or as a believer, you can say, I should surrender first. I should surrender my body. I should, as a living sacrifice, I should surrender my eyes. I should surrender my ears. I should surrender my mouth. I should surrender my hands. I should surrender my feet. Every part of me, all the members of my body, I should surrender to the Lord and say, Lord, this is your day. I am yours. Please lead me. Not my will, your will be done. It's specifically going through all the members of your body each morning and saying, Lord, I surrender this. I surrender this. I surrender this. Only let me see what I should see. Only let me hear what I should hear. Only let me do with my hands what you call me to do and not waste my energy. Only call me to go with my feet where, I, where you're sending me. I don't want to waste time going in places where I don't need to be. It is a surrender, a posture of surrender. That is the first step, is we surrender. Then we repent. And repentance is not just saying sorry for all the things you did wrong, because how many of us have done that for many years, and we don't change? We, we, we say, well, I shouldn't get angry, and yet we get angry. 
I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't drink alcohol, and yet I drink alcohol. I shouldn't lie, and yet I lie. I should, I should have, I shouldn't have a temper. I shouldn't have an attitude, and yet I just woke up. I'm in a bad mood. Like you can say sorry again and again. That is not repentance. It doesn't stop there. You actually have to change your mind. You have to sow the truth. You know, recently we talked about sowing Thanksgiving. It's, that's the truth that we're we're sowing the truth. And so what is the truth that allows us to claim this victory that we have in Christ so that we do our part, which is surrender and repent, including the change of the mind, and then God does his part, which is restoration, changing us, sanctifying us, forgiving us, making us more like his son. We do our part, God does his part. And so how do we repent properly? It is not just saying sorry. You have to sow the truth with your mouth. You have to declare it. And as you declare it, your mind will shift. You will start believing it because you're saying it. Maybe in the beginning you don't believe it. You just say, okay, God's word says Satan and Hades and death have been disarmed. I, I believe it because it's in the word. But, but in my heart, I don't, I don't quite understand in my life, I still feel like Satan is constantly moving me. Satan is constantly pushing me around. He's, I'm not steadfast. I'm very wishy-washy. I have good days. I have bad days. I have days of faith. I have days where I doubt. And so repentance is when you start declaring with your mouth, and, and over time you will start believing what you say because you're hearing it. You're hearing it, and faith comes from hearing. You declare with your mouth the truth. Your own ear hears the truth. Faith comes from hearing. Faith comes in. You start believing it in your heart. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, the sword of the Spirit, which is the spoken word of God. That's how we began this year with Ephesians chapter 6 prayer in, 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 in conjunction with the Lord's prayer. And this, this spoken word of, of God is, is our only offensive weapon against Satan. It, it is a sword that we wield whenever we proclaim the truth with our mouth. And so I want to just spend... Um, I mean, that's all I have. I want to spend the rest of this service actually practicing uh, this wielding of the sword of the Spirit, praying aloud with our mouth. Uh, and so it is a surrender. That's what we do first. It is a repentance. That's what we do next. It is a declaring with our mouth the truth. That is a full changing of mind that we can expect to have. We do our part. We leave the rest of the Lord, the restoration, the sanctification, the forgiveness, the transformation, everything moving from justification to, uh, uh, to glorification. All of that journey, that process, we leave it to the Lord. We just need to do our part. Okay, let's pray. I invite you to pray with me and repeat after me for this first portion. Father, I submit myself to you. I surrender my members to you. I give you my eyes. I give you my ears. I give you my mouth. 
I give you my hands. I give you my feet. I give you my entire body. May my entire body be a living sacrifice. I repent for all of my sins. I repent for my faithlessness. I, f- I repent for my small faith. I repent for doubt. I repent for being lazy. I, I repent for being worldly. I repent for being greedy. Now I want to wield the sword of the Spirit, which is the spoken word of God. I declare that I'm a victor in Christ. Satan, death, and Hades, you've lost. When Jesus resurrected, you were disarmed. You may come after me, but you cannot win. You have no weapons. All the weapons formed against me shall not prosper. In Jesus' name. We declare our full and final victory in Jesus. I am a child of God. I am an overcomer. I will overcome today. I will overcome tomorrow. I will overcome every single day until Jesus returns or when Jesus calls me home. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we just thank you for teaching us about surrender, repentance, having a full change of mind through the declaration of our words because faith comes from hearing. When we declare and we wield the sword of the Spirit, our ears hear it, our heart receives it, and we have faith that comes into us. So, Father, we just want to practice this, this surrender and this repentance, this declaration with the wielding of the sword of the Spirit. This is our part All the rest, Lord, is your part. The restoration is yours. The transformation is yours. The forgiveness is yours. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would meet us, the resurrected Jesus, that you'd walk amongst us as we remember your death, burial, resurrection, but we don't stop there. We are proclaiming in this moment that Jesus, you're alive, and Jesus, you're coming back, and Jesus, you're coming to take all of us to the Father's house. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.